Good roll. Hello? Good roll? Audio's good? Okay. Hands up if you're in year zero. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you. It's a good thing to start so early. We can do one of two things tonight. So I prepared, you know, and for those few people that do know me personally, you know that I'm a big nerd when it comes to the research and the philosophy. So I love talking about universal intelligence and the normal complete cycle and verbal subluxation and the research behind it. Or we can talk about how to have an extraordinarily courageous life, how you can be successful. Which one do you want? Success? I see by the looks on some of your faces that you want to talk about that. So I hope we'll go there. And uh, we're going to go for about 30, 45 minutes. I heard that there's pizza on the way. That's why you're here, I think. <laughs> the guys in the front are going to get the first ones. I think back to my first encounter with chiropractic. My dad was in a really bad car accident. The car was hit by an old lady and it rolled several times. He was out flat for a few weeks, couldn't almost not even walk, taking lots of pain medication. And somebody told him about chiropractic. And as a little boy, I realized just how incredible chiropractic is. I wanted to be a chiropractor. I didn't know what the hell this guy did, but I saw the energy, I saw the excitement, I saw how it impacted my dad's life and I wanted to do just what that guy did. This talk tonight has a few important things for me. I also think about my grandmother who just passed away a year ago, uh, feeling totally great most of her life and in the last two years wasn't doing so well. Her body was full of cancer. And the reason I tell this story is because I think a lot of times in chiropractic we focus just on the pain, don't we? We think that our objective and our only objective is to treat the symptoms and treat the pain when the reality is there's so much more to the human experience than just the pain. And don't get me wrong, the pain is important and they come to your office for the pain, but basing health just off the pain is like falling from a building, as Reggie Gold would say, saying, oh, I feel fine, I feel fine as you fall each floor down. So there's much more to this experience than just the pain. I also think about my own personal experience with chiropractic. You know, when I come here and I talk to students, it's a tough thing because I don't know which way we should go because we're all in different areas and we're all looking for something different. So we are going to do a Q&A and I want you to keep in mind at the end for your question. I want you to be thinking now which questions you want to ask. Make sure that they're not just about you, but they're about us as a whole. How can it benefit us as a whole? Okay. We've got lots of problems and challenges in the world, don't we? I think one of the biggest challenges is this addiction to the old story, the old narrative, the operating system that we keep on playing over and over again. And for me, my experience with chiropractic, I came in because I was playing ice hockey and I guess what? I had low back pain. I went to the chiropractor because of low back pain and he helped my low back pain go away. But you know what else happened? I started to think a little bit differently. I started to think a little bit clearer. I started to see health as much more than just my symptoms. I mean, take for example, the World Health Organization. How do they define health? You guys know this. It's not just the absence of symptoms, is it? It's optimal function. 
We've got a big job ahead of us, chiropractors. We're officially the sickest species on the planet. No species comes close to the amount of sickness and suffering as a human species does. And we have a tremendous role to play in this. So I think about my story. I think about how I was taking depression medications and not experiencing and expressing that inner greatness. You see, I believe and I see evidence for the fact that we have this inner perfection within us that we chiropractors call innate intelligence, the divine perfection, whatever you like to call it, this animation within us that regulates all processes in the body. So first year out of school, going to Norway, didn't do so well. Struggled a hell of a lot sleeping on the floor of a mattress in my apartment that I could barely afford. I came to Norway with $1,000 in my pocket thinking that I was going to be able to live for a few months there. No problem. Found out that Norway's a bit more expensive than I thought. That lasted for about a month and I realized that I had an option. Julius Caesar, about 2,000 years ago, I don't know if you're familiar with this story, came to the UK to conquer it, outnumbered. And as they arrived on the shores, he looked around at his soldiers and realized that they were all packing up, getting ready to run as soon as the shit hit the fan. So what did Julius Caesar do? He set the boats on fire. And you see, this is what we have to do too. So often we're so fearful of what the consequences, the outcomes are going to be instead of going all in, committing to your excellence. I want you to leave tonight a different person in some capacity. I want you to leave tonight committed to excellence, not just for you, not just for your family, but for humanity, because we've got a big challenge here. And I think chiropractors have the hugest role to play in changing that. So what led to my success? And I'm speaking from my personal experience I would say a big challenge that I had was right here, was my own personal operating system. I think a big thing too was also the wrong mentor, okay? When you find a mentor, make sure you know that that person has a track record of success. Don't just go on Facebook and see the pretty photos of them posing with their baby. Make sure they have a track record of success because as soon as you dig in there, sometimes you'll start to see that it starts to crumble apart. I think back to about three years ago when I was traveling to America and we're driving along Highway 1 in California, absolutely beautiful sunny day, and my best friend Adrian punches me in the arm and I said, why did you do that, man? What was that for? Why did you hit me? I don't know if, I don't think you actually have this game in the UK, but you punch somebody every time you see a yellow car. It's maybe more of a Norwegian thing. In America, every time you see a Volkswagen, you punch him. Do you have that here or no? No, okay, of course, Americans. And so I decided to play the game. And do you know what happened? I started to see more yellow cars. Incredible. You see, where attention flows, neural connections grow. As Dispenza says, nerves that fire together wire together the operating system that we're talking about. Did you know that in Duke University found that 
40% of what you guys do, what all of us do as humans, is not by active choice, but by habits. 40% is by habits. Now imagine if that 40% of those habits, instead of being the old default narrative, the old default pattern that your parents and the news and the media has taught us to believe, was a default pattern of success and excellence. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? I'm gonna give you some of those patterns tonight to hopefully change your life, if you're willing and if you're able, and if you want to, because that's a fact too. Chiropractic can help everybody, but it's not for everybody. It's only for those people that are willing to invest their time, energy, and money to have an extraordinary life. 75, 75% of your job success in the future, 75% comes down to three things. Three things. Any guesses of what one of those three things might be? There's going to be an exam at the end, folks. Three things. Perception. Perception about stress in particular, but perception. Number two, beliefs. Beliefs optimistically. Do you know that optimistic people outsell pessimistic people by about 30%? Perception, beliefs. And number three, social connections. Social connections, relationships. We want to be connected. You see, we're wired as humans to connect because those that connected could pass on their genes. We're wired certain ways. We can also change that wiring too. We're also wired to look for the worst possible outcome in every, oh, I've got slides too at some point. This is just for show, by the way, there we go. We're also hardwired to look for the worst possible outcome. So that lion jumps out at you and what happens? Fight or flight, sympathetic. It's fast. And so every time we see that bush, what do we think? What kind of reaction happens? That same stressful reaction. So we end up living in that spiral. And it's the same pattern that we're talking about. We want to break out of this spiral tonight. We want to break out of this pattern. We want to start to give you the tools to think differently. Act differently. Be committed to creating an extraordinary life. Does that sound kind of cool? I know Robin does. Yes. Does anybody know what a feral child is? You guys learn about that? Feral children? Has anybody heard of that? What's a feral child? This is for bonus points. I heard you're shaking your head. Come on, dude. Feral child. There you go. Wild child, right? We are animals living in captivity. Feral children. There was a Russian girl that was raised by dogs. And you know what? She barked like a dog. She drank water like a dog. And as a father of two girls, it makes me so sad to see that, but it just shows and it illustrates how malleable we are. We need to start thinking differently. This is the point. How do you see yourself? Mm. We want you to rewrite that narrative. Did we get the pizza ordered? I'm getting hungry too. <laughs> All right, guys. This is going to be a really cool thing here too. In 1988, Steely found the self-affirmation theory. 
You guys heard of affirmations before? I always thought this was so metaphysical, esoteric, it's above me, I'm a scientist. But you know what? There's a lot of evidence to this because these affirmations create our self-identity and that self-identity leads to our destiny and who we are. So I would suggest, and the evidence shows, that those that are saying these affirmations have a different outcome, a different life. What kind of affirmations should we say? Well, what do you want? What's your goals? I think goal setting is an important topic too, you know? We talk about just setting realistic goals a lot of the time instead of set setting extremely huge goals. You know, uh, Ted Turner, I think he was the uh, founder of Warner, Time Warner, yeah. He said, set goals that you cannot complete in your lifetime. Now, why would you do that? This is counterintuitive. But sometimes we need to be counterintuitive. Sometimes we need to go against where the sheep are going. Are you following the sheep to the slaughterhouse? Or are you following and leading the herd to freedom? This is your choice. This is your choice, chiropractors. I want to make sure we've got enough time for questions, and I hope that we can unpackage some of this stuff and figure out where exactly you guys want to go. Mm. Has anybody heard of the book Social Leap? Probably don't have so much time to read anything else. The book Social Leap, ooh. It said that we evolved not to seek out truth. We evolved as humans to defend ourselves, to defend that tribal mentality, to defend our beliefs. It's a big issue. It's not only an issue in chiropractic of defending your own dogmatic beliefs, and it goes on both ends of the spectrum. It goes on the vitalistic, I would even call it, as Travis calls it, the spiritualistic side, and also dogmatic on the mechanistic side. I would like all of us to step back and elevate above that spectrum. Unify on something. Axiom Seminar, we've unified on logic and reason because I think it's a great place to start. Having discourse, seeking out truth. Come on in. Welcome. You guys having a good time so far? Good. So, I've got some stuff to give away before we get to the Q&A and have a nice conversation because I think that's much more fun. We can get to exactly where you want to go. We're going to do a quick thing here. I want to see hands up if you know who Dee Dee Palmer is. If you don't, you probably shouldn't be in the room unless you're not a chiropractor. Okay, keep, keep your hands up because we're going to drop the hands if you don't know what I'm talking about. Hands up. Keep your hands up if you know who BJ Palmer is. Hands up if you know who Mabel Palmer is. Oh, I didn't think I was going to hit so many with Mabel. Hands up if you know who Fred Barge is. Clay Thompson. Gonstead. Uh, if you had your hands down, keep them down. <laughs> How many hands can I see? Because they're really, you guys must be tired at this point. We've got to get the energy up here. We have three hands. Okay. Can you three stand up? <laughs> If I, if I got to stand up here, somebody else has got to stand too. Can any of you recite the definition of what chiropractic is from Stevenson's? No. Do you know, can, you re, can you explain what universal intelligence is? Yeah, why don't you... 
Mm. Okay. Okay, we're on to something there. Can we, can one of you uh, define chiropractic as it is defined in Stevenson's? Oof. Can anybody define what chiropractic is in Stevenson's? This is a, you know, we're not alone here because I, I pull a lot of schools. I go to a lot of places, LACC, New, go ahead. Like the science, art, philosophy of all things, You're on, you're on, you got, you got 40% of it. Chiropractic is a philosophy, science, and art of things natural, a system of adjusting the segments of the spinal column by hand only for the correction of the cause of disease. Okay. Anyways, thank you three so much. I have tickets to give away for Axiom. You three get a free ticket to Axiom. Who, which one of you said the universal intelligence? We have a book for you. Well done. Thank you for getting vulnerable with me, sister. We're good? All right. I'd like to open it up for some discussion. Please keep in mind, keep your question direct, clear. Make sure that it's not just about you. I rarely open it up to questions because I see that it goes down the rabbit hole sometimes. But I think we've got a lot of people here that are open-minded and not just open, but active-minded and are here for a reason. I don't think you're coming on a Thursday at seven o'clock just for the free pizza. I hope not anyways. But uh, you're here for a reason. You're here because you want to be the best version of yourself. And I hope that I've given you some strategies to at least get started on that in that route. Yeah? So who's going to be the first brave soul that's going to get us started off here? For me, this is, this is the most fun. Awesome questions, guys. Might be some freebies. Yeah, there we go. I'll ask you about your book. Huh? Your book. Yes. You wrote as a student. Like, we've got a lot of study and stuff. How did you find time to do that? Good question. Very good question. Well, and why did you do it as well? there we go, right? Where do you start? You all heard about the golden circle, start with the why. We were talking about this earlier, that it's not just about the why, but it's also about the who. Who do you surround yourself with? I surrounded myself with like-minded people that are committed to excellence. Um, I had gathered lots of stuff throughout the years at Palmer, and it was actually the catalyst to start it was one of my professors that said, the green books are outdated, put them on the shelf. Uh, you know, me coming from thinking that chiropractic was only Gonstead, that's, that was my paradigm coming into Palmer, thinking that Palmer was the only chiropractic school, very, very uh, naive, right? Like not even having a clue. Um, so then I was getting challenged. I started seeing people like, you know, checking feet and then all of a sudden rubbing people down and all of a sudden putting CBD oils and then all of a sudden, so I, I was a little bit confused, but that was part of the catalyst. How did I find time? I just collected data and um, had a big enough reason why I wanted to do it. Good question. Thanks, brother. Do you want to write a book someday? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah, do it. It elevates you, you know, it elevates your stature in a certain way. You know, my other book, Pain to Potential, isn't really for chiropractors, it's more for my practice members. Um, it's a good strategy of success too, elevating yourself, uh, preeminence, seen as the trusted advisor. Mm, thank you. Something else, we can go deep on the philosophy too, we can go deep on the science. You know, I actually present, I have a whole slideshow on lots of data and, and I saw your hand first, thank you. Yes. Success is getting there. 
excellence is staying there. Does that make sense? Good question. Thank you. And I, you know what, though? I, what I love about the question is that you ask for a definition, right? Because isn't, isn't that where it needs to start? We can't have a discussion on anything until we define our terms, chiropractic included. I can't talk about what this is unless we define what a telephone is, right? Mm. Why and how do you go about that? Well, why? I, I think that it is of absolute necessity that we do that, right? When you look at the utilization rates of chiropractors, chiropractic globally, it's dismal at best. I think it's under some data says 13%. I mean, that is pathetic. When you have something as incredible as, as what we have to offer the, the humanity, you know? And then your second part of it was? Uh, how to go about changing that. Oof. It starts with you. It starts with the students. Why do you think I'm here? Right? Unless and until we start to think and act and do things differently, we're going to continue to get the same results historically that we've gotten the last 124 years. Happy birthday to chiropractic. Another reason why I'm here celebrating with students. I love it. I love being around students because I feel the energy. It's so good. It's back into the womb, as I call it. It's like so safe in here. Like we can talk about chiropractic again and I'm okay. Yeah. Why did you uh, start the action thing? And, like, what was the Dude, good. Yeah. Well, the catalyst for that was a sense of feeling alone in Europe that I felt like I wanted to create a community and to actually have a, a platform to raise money and to actually do some of these things, do some of the changes, right? I mean, there's countries that don't even have legislation in Europe, you know? It's almost 2020. <laughs> How did you define the Ooh. A vertebral subluxation is the condition of the spinal column that has lost its proper juxtaposition with the one above and the one below, or both to an extent less than a luxation, which impinges upon nerves, not just pinching, which impinges nerves and interferes with the transmission of mental impulses. Good? <laughs> Stevenson's. 1924. Go on. 27. Okay, good. Because the existing community is either on one of those two spectrums, isn't it? We have one big community that's on the total spiritualistic, and we have another that's uh, really not really organized in any capacity, but very mechanistic. That wants to limit chiropractic to the treatment of low back pain and neck pain. Is there a problem with that? Is there a problem with just treating low back pain and neck pain? We've got to think. Better question, better answer, right? Question. You're smiling at me. For some reason. Okay. Something else. What would you recommend to students to um, maybe do or maybe read to like, find true meaning behind chiropractic? Mm. Mm. Uh, where the truth lies? Yeah. I I've got a... a insurmountable amount of things that you can read. Do you have the time? Do you really want to? Send me an email and I'll get it to you. But it's got to start there. If you really want to search out and seek this fire that you can see inside of me, I can help you with that. I can give it to you. I can give you the resources free of charge. I want to see you succeed. Mm. You know, I, I think 
I'm like, I'm literally looking on PubMed searching every month, looking at the research. And I, I like that. I enjoy that. But not everybody likes that. So I, I can give you some, some things that you can look at yourself. That's perfect. Hmm. And I would say Joe Strauss is a great place to start. It's very simplified, very easy to read. Stevenson's, you know, to be real frank, B.J. Palmer is a really tough guy to read. It's like 1920s uh, language. It's hard. Anything practical, anything about your practice, anything about the science of chiropractic, you want to challenge on any of my stances so far. And not challenge just to be an asshole, but challenge because you really want to learn. Go ahead. So I'm wondering about Floor plan, okay. That's a good question. Um, instead of going that direction, I think we need to go in a different direction, which is a direction that every single person here needs to start when you're opening your practice. Do you want to know that one start? It's figuring out, do you want to know that start? Look, a lot of blank faces. It might just, <laughs> you got to figure out who you want to serve. Remember I said that chiropractic can help almost everybody. I would say everybody that's a living and animated but it's not for everybody. You got to figure out who is those people that you want to serve. Who are the people that you're in love with? My biggest problem the first year in practice, you know what it was? It was me. I turned on the fire hose. Dee Palmer, 1895. He hit somebody in the back of the neck. No, I didn't say that, but he adjusted somebody and he restored his hearing. He thought he found the cure for deafness, but you know what? Not every deaf person was cured. Sometimes the stomach got better. Sometimes the heart got better. We discovered a principle. You know what? They didn't give a shit. You want to you know what they wanted to know? Do you love me? Do you care about me? Can you help me? And if you can't help me, can you tell me where I need to go to get help? Ideal person. Figure out... That was the answer. <laughs> Long way around. Figure out who it is you want to serve. When you figure out that, then you're going to know what colors on the walls. What does the logo look like? What type of branding? Until you figure out who you want to serve, you can't market to that person. You can't create an experience in a space for that person, right? Like if you're, if you're like, I'm going to take care of truck drivers and you've got roses and petals on the wall, like it's not going to feel good. Go ahead. So I was thinking more of... Open yeah, plan, like closed open plan. Closed. Yeah. I've got semi-open and I've got closed. If anybody ever wants to come to Norway, I'm in Arendal, you can come and check it out. We've also got to practice, like I said, in Christian Uh It works really well for us, you know, it, very, very five-star high-class brick on the wall, like stone, not brick, stone on the wall, wood floors, beautiful colors. And these are all tested, marketed on my ideal person, what they like, right? Cool. There was another question. Mm, absolutely. And I think I still struggle at that, right? How do you that? There's a virtue in selfishness, as Ayn Rand said. Sometimes you got to be selfish. So like, you also need to figure out who you want to surround yourself with. So that was a big challenge for me in my first year. I thought that I had a really good mentor. He looked great on Facebook, looked like a good father, good man. But really, there was just emptiness inside. There was no substance. There was no depth in there. And I was getting taken advantage of. Very narcissistic. And you know then there was nothing left for me. So until you're taking care of yourself, you can't give. And it's the same for everything. Until there's that self-love, that self-care, you can't give that back to somebody else. 
if you don't love yourself, and this was a big challenge for me, I started in the beginning talking about depression, right? Like that was, my, that was the problem. I actually didn't love myself. I didn't like the way that I looked. I didn't like the way that I sounded. I didn't like, how, right? And this was the narrative that I was telling myself. When the reality is, when I started to see the principle that this physical body wasn't me, that we live our life through our nerve system, every cell, regulation, action, chemical reaction is coming from and through the nerve system. God, that was beautiful. I started falling in love with myself again, and that was okay. Self-love, self-care. Thank you. Good question. Very diverse questions, and you can see where people's heads are at, and it's a very cool thing. It's a good thing to get vulnerable. It's courageous, as Brene Brown says. Uh, could you give us some advice on, give us some advice on finding ourselves a good mentor? Mm. 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 So that's why I said year zero, raise your hands, because you're starting early and you're already looking for that. You're looking for those people. I would say, figure out what you want to do. Figure out who you want to be and emulate that person. Look for that person. Call that person. You know, before I graduated, I shadowed probably upwards to 30 to 40 practices, different practice styles, knee chest, Gonstead. Grostic, Nuka. You guys know all of these techniques, right? You guys know all these techniques I'm talking about? No, which ones did you not know? Nuka. So, Journal of Human Hypertension, 2001, the blood pressure study. Do you guys know that study? Oh, dude. This is a high level, this is the highest index journal for hypertension. A chiropractor in Chicago doing only upper cervical C1 adjustments. When necessary, reduce the blood pressure, I think upwards of 20 points, like equivalent to two or three medications. Don't quote me exactly on that, but it's somewhere around there. This was a pilot study, incredible. At orthogonality, we're looking at, no, we're straight. Good, you know, we don't know what we don't know, right? Until we start to discover and ask questions, we're not going to get anywhere. We're just going to stay in our, our little me, our little self, when there's much more out there much bigger of an impact we can have. In the back, thank you, brother. Uh, how would you say you should go about choosing a mentor? Okay. Follow up on him, yeah. So, I would say, like I said before, all about the track record. Ask the questions. How many associates have you had that are successful? Talk to those associates and see what their experience was. You know, in, these, in this day and age, you got to be even extra diligent to see. Because it's easy to get fooled. It's easy to waste a few years of your life spending lots of money and time and energy when they say they've got systems or they say they've got this or that and really there's nothing there. Thank you. Can you just uh, <coughs> tell people what the 33 principles are and why they're there? Mm. It's something that we don't learn in mm. college, but I've found great meaning behind them. I think we've got to go a different direction first in order to get to there. Why are principles important? Let me give you an example of a principle. If I were to drop a penny into the ocean, does the water rise? Well, absolutely. Based on Archimedes' principle, we know that the water rises. We can test this in a bathtub. So we know based off principle that the water does rise. Principles are truths. They are axioms. Just for effect, we're going to change the slide. <laughs> So principles are important. These are the foundations of our profession. Principle number one, universal intelligence. 
deductively going down to what it is that we do. It's almost deductive and inductive. But, you know, look it up. There's lots of places to start. I would actually say Strauss would be the best place. Don't go right into the 33 principles. You're going to think it's some esoteric metaphysical garbage when the reality is it was way ahead of its time. In chiropractors, we've always been ahead of our times. As a matter of fact, we didn't think that the sacroiliac joint moved until uh, it was Illy that discovered that. So, Some of the first women doctors. Who were we talking about? We were talking about that right before. Yeah, some of the first women doctors in the profession. Like, we, we've always, some of the first uh, African-American doctors. Like, we've been ahead of our times. There was a question here. Instrumentation. Yeah, Oof. Thank you for getting there. And what do you think about uh, now the technology, how they help chiropractor? And Is there a specific technology that you have in mind? Nev uh, any, any technology. Any sort because of objective now, measures. Because nowadays, some physiology, they also are PC therapies. They also use the similar uh, machine or something. Who? Uh, the, phys the physical therapist? Uh, yeah. Oh, so okay. Oh. Yeah. Objective measures, this is the foundation of my practice. What do we use? We, for me, and there's evidence to back this up, that there is, a, there is reliable, reproducible means of detecting, locating, and analyzing vertebral subluxation. Whether that be x-ray, upright MRI. I don't know how, this is actually really cool that you guys have an upright MRI machine. I have patients that spend 30 to 40,000 kroners to come down to the UK to get an upright MRI to see the stability of the atlantoaxial joint. It's pretty cool actually. But what is the objective with doing that? Why are you doing these tests? Okay, so what do we do? We use surface electromyography, looking at the electrical activity of the muscles. We use thermography. We use heart rate variability. Heart rate variability. Anybody know what that is? Yeah, a couple people? We're looking at the variation in, what's that? Yeah, we're looking at adaptability, basically. How the body's regulating. Yeah, uh, but, uh, sorry, maybe my question is not like, like activator. So many chiropractors use activator. Mm. Oh, instrumentation adjusting. Yeah. yeah. You can. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah, so uh, how do you t explain to or tell your patient you, you are not just using yeah. because I Well, how do, you ex how do you explain to your patients that are freaking manipulating themselves? Because I know some carpenters, they may just only use Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, you're not going to save all of them. You know, there's going to be skeptics. There's going to be people that don't want what you have. And that's why you figure out who your ideal person is and market to those people, isn't it? You know, I, I use the integrator. Anybody familiar with that? It has torque. I use it sparingly. I mean, we talked about what's my practice style and we went through it. But yeah, what about Atlas Orthogonal? You can't buy that on Amazon. Atlas Orthogonal? Oof. This is, a, this is an incredible technique. Again, orthogonality, looking at aligning the atlas with an instrument using a percussive force. And you can see on MRI, you can actually just search on YouTube and see it. If you guys want to, we can do that. 
Like, you can see the atlas vibrating into place. That's incredible. So it just depends, what do you want to do? How do you want to practice? How do you see yourself practicing, okay? Does that make sense, or did you have, am I not on answering your question? Right. We're talking about positioning ourselves as the expert, right? How do you do that? This is a process. You need to find somebody with a system to help you do that. You're going to have skeptics. How do you handle them? Maybe you don't want to handle them. You know? We can talk more about that later. It's, it's a lot to unpackage with that. Somebody else, another question. Okay, I want to show you guys what we're doing here at Axiom. I think it might be cool just to break it up a little bit. What? Oh, go ahead. Um, why do uh, some chiropractors then check or adjust extremities? Why do they not adjust? Well, you have to ask them that. I don't know. I check extremities. Yeah. 